Good morning and welcome to um, January's session of the City of Douglas podcast and in partnership with KDAP to bring you also a talk of the town for the month of January um, in partnership again with City of Douglas. My name is Ana Urquijo. I'm the city manager. I'm accompanied today uh, by Jason Bacon Hello. with KDAP. Hi, Jason. Hope you're doing well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. And our special guest today uh, in today's podcast is Chief of Police Craig Fullen. Welcome, Chief. Uh, good morning. And thank you. So, um, for some of you uh, may not have that may not have seen the December podcast, uh, we came back in partnership with KDAP to bring back Talk of the Town as a, an additional method to distribute out information to our community members. And we felt we have a demographic out there that likes to uh, still listening, listen to radio. And we're uh, very um, encouraged by, so far, some of the feedback that we've received on bringing this back. So we are also expanding this out in the future into Spotify. Uh, we will send out information on how you can get access to that. But this will be a radio show that we do monthly after each of our regular mayor and council meetings. So the day after, we will record, <coughs> excuse me, a um, a podcast and talk of the town to bring you information from your city council. So last night we had our regular meeting for January, and we have a few items to just share with you. Uh, the meeting was not very long, but we have some very good information on things coming and happening in the community. Uh, the first thing I'll start off with, if that's okay, Jason, I'll just jump into uh, part of our agenda. And uh, we have um, finalized uh, the transition of our housing authority to Cochise County. That was first on the agenda. We had to go through two readings of that ordinance, so that started obviously last month. Um, so we are in transition right now all of our housing files and every um, thing in terms of uh, the services we were providing to the community of Douglas uh, has now been officially transferred to Cochise County and Bisbee. In Bisbee, that doesn't mean that our folks here in town need to necessarily go to Bisbee for continuity of service. So we're really working hard to make that a seamless transition. Cochise County will have office hours in the government center across the street from City Hall. And uh, we will start um, posting the notice of when, I believe currently we're going to see Wednesday office hours <coughs> uh, for that service. And it's not happening quite yet, but we will be um, making sure everyone is aware of when that Wednesday service begins. So right now, if you needed uh, housing assistance, we continue to take calls here at City Hall, uh, and we are making sure that we partner with Cochise County to make sure everyone gets the information they need, either by phone, uh, on their website. Um, I know that I have heard a few of our um, citizens have traveled up to Bisbee for a few things, but hopefully very soon they won't need to do that. And again, that has been something that we have worked on uh, for the past several months, and we are um, doing that for various reasons. So we uh, serve <coughs> under 150 vouchers 
here in the Douglas community for Section 8 housing. And we've um, done so for, for many, many years with a staff of three individuals and recently two, um, late la or early last year rather, they um, suggested they would be retiring and um, that's when we started the conversations with Cochise County to kind of transition that over. Cochise County um, administers the housing uh, Section 8 program for the majority of Cochise County already. So it just seemed like the right thing to do. And um, for that efficiency, I think we finally were able to get that done. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing uh, for our community members. The services are still available and we um, hope to continue to get that information out. So um, <clears throat> the bigger thing for this month were a couple of new ordinances. And I think you, you saw that. I, I understand you attended our meeting, maybe? No, you? I watched the meeting on the internet, oh, on YouTube. The internet, on YouTube. Yes. yes, how did we look? <laughs> Excellent, yes. And um, I was listening to the uh, animal control and noise. Oh yes, two brand new ordinances, which and is why Chief Bullen's here with us today. Yes. Yeah, and I was uh, perplexed. I said, I don't know what they're talking about. Six months penalty, uh, up to a $500 fine, third strike. And then they got reduced to 90 days. Bringing, with, with, right. And the magistrate yes. will let it slide for the uh, first two offenses. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we can go through exactly, you know, what's happening there. And I'll preface it by saying, you know, we've had uh, quite a few concerns come up over the last year on um, noise in the community specific to barking dogs. And we, as we started looking at our current ordinances, which is um, <clears throat> local law that is established and set by mayor and council, we saw a few conflicts. Uh, with our noise ordinance against our animal ordinance. So, Chief, um, you can kind of share what, what that process was and how we ended up with these two uh, new revisions that went to council last night. Sure. Uh, thank you for your question, uh, Jason. And, and to kind of clarify that, um, as Anna stated, there are provisions in two separate ordinances within our code. One falls under the noise ordinance and the other under our animal uh, ordinance under a separate title. And we found that the provisions were very similar, but there was a conflict and a question as to when and which provision was applied under a given circumstance. So what we presented to mayor and council last night was a change to the ordinance um, in an effort to remove that conflict. Um, and in doing that, we were looking at some additional provisions within the animal ordinance to help improve the efficiency and the effectiveness of addressing repetitive complaints and violations within the city. As Anna mentioned, we do have um, certain situations that come up that are repetitive in nature that um, because of the language in the ordinance, uh, it does take a period of time before we can uh, effectively remedy it. So as you mentioned, the way that the ordinance reads right now a nuisance animal is an animal that has received three or more um, adjudications within a six-month period. So for somebody that's residing next to a problem animal like this, six months is a very long period of time. 
So what we looked for was to reduce that to a 90-day period. So if they have three violations or three complaints within that 90-day period, it adds a provision for impoundment and orders to show cause. So you asked about the uh, offenses and the, and the penalties. So on the first offense, the officer or animal control officer has the discretion of citing the uh, owner or um, custodian of the animal. And that first violation carries a penalty of $25 um, up to uh, $100, including restitution. And that is the discretion of the magistrate, what amount within that range um, is applied to the uh, violation. And then the second violation within that 90-day period is a fine of $50 and no more than $150. Now the magistrate has the discretion not to assign a fine or assess the fine to that person for the first or second offense. So they, she can find them responsible and hold them responsible, but waive the fine. The provision in here is that the third uh, and subsequent violation within 90 days uh, carries with it a fine of not less than $150 or more than $500. And that uh, fine, she does not have the discretion to waive. Um, but that also triggers a second um, provision, which is the impoundment in order to show cause. And that's something that was lacking from the ordinance as it stands today. And what that does is it gives the owner or custodian of the animal due process in meeting with the judge and explaining why the animal should not be removed from their residence. And then based on um, the case that they present to the judge and the preponderance of evidence that is offered by them, the magistrate has the final say as to whether the animal can be returned to the owner and custodian or if it has to be surrendered to the Douglas Animal Shelter. If it is ordered that it's uh, surrendered to the shelter, then our folks will make every effort to get that animal out for adoption if it's suitable for adoption. Um, and if not, then we'll uh, have to dispose of it in a, in a humane uh, manner. I understand. <clears throat> and that um, impacts actually two of our current ordinances, which is why we went into a second uh, revision uh, for a uh, our noise ordinance and eliminating conflicts and language where we were having difficulty in enforcing one because the other had some conflicting language. So uh, I think that will help remedy. We continue to monitor the issues, uh, obviously, on an ongoing basis, but uh, we really are trying to just uh, eliminate uh, ways of granting some of our community members um, some of that peace and quiet or uh, when we have you know a noise that goes beyond uh, I think the, the language is be beyond what a reasonable person um, you know would expect to to have and there are many provisions within the ordinances for uh, time you know for our noise ordinance obviously there are certain times um, that we monitor uh, excessive noise from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., I think it is. Yes. Maybe 5 to 6 a.m. Um, but some of these things, you know, you can't uh, really 
uh, tell your dog not to bark between that period of time, right? So, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> so it just uh, it allows us to have different ways to monitor things when it's excessive, when it's disturbing the peace on an ongoing basis, and um, so we're hopeful that some of these um, modifications and cleaning up of the ordinances will help us um, do better for some of those concerned citizens that uh, continue to have issues with this. Anything else, Chief, on, on those two? I mean, the way the process works with the Mayor and Council is an ordinance comes to them twice, so it'll be back before them at the February regular meeting, most likely. Uh, we could actually bring it to them uh, at our second meeting of the month, later in the month. We haven't decided when that uh, will be placed. And then it takes effect 30 days after a second reading. So we... Um, we still have a ways to go to make that, in effect, law for um, the city, but it's moving along. And I think last night's conversation with Mayor and Council, uh, there were a few questions on feral cats and how it, you know what we offer in the community uh, for cats that are out and about. You want to share some of that, Chief? Sure. I, the question was posed as to what we are doing to combat the feral cat population in the city limits and I did share that our humane officers do have the ability to loan out a cat trap to any resident that's requesting it. Um, the resident would be responsible for the trap while it's in their possession but our animal control folks would show them how to set the trap, how to bait it and then if the uh, cat is captured then they just notify our animal control officers and they come back out and pick up the cat. Does this include mountain lions? It does not include mountain lions. You um, were listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have had the occasion to have some some uh, animals come into town, including a bear uh, last year on G Avenue, if you uh, recall. But uh, one of the things I did not mention was that there was interest from a group through a grant fund to be able to come and trap these cats um, and again the majority of these cats are feral so they are a handful to to handle and not very domesticated so uh, this program is geared towards kind of a catch and release so the idea behind it is we catch it through that funding they are able to spay or neuter the animal they clip the ear to indicate that the animal has been uh, spayed or neutered and then they're released back into the community but what that does is it um, limits their ability to reproduce so then over time it's not going to be an overnight solution but over time the population will uh, reduce naturally very good <clears throat> I think those were the substantive items in terms of ordinance work that we had for mayor and council there were a few resolutions on some housekeeping items um, the other ordinance actually was more of a housekeeping item, updating some of uh, city employee personnel rules and regulations. Uh, we do that periodically just to update and keep in compliance with um, state law and modify regulations for more effective operations. So that was um, pretty general. And then we had uh, some uh, grant awards from the police department. We had a one grant award actually yesterday. We did. Um, that was actually a 
an annual grant award that we receive and we have to renew it on an annual basis and that was through the uh, high intensity drug trafficking area it's connected to uh, the Tucson Police Department who acts as the fiduciary for the group and it's geared towards providing funding for us in our law enforcement efforts so we were awarded $40,000. A portion of that was assigned to overtime, which allows our investigators to um, investigate after hours as uh, whatever investigation they're conducting dictates um, without an added burden to the city of Douglas in, in terms of covering that. Um, there was some funding that was allocated for travel and training, some that was funded for equipment, as well as some licensing. So some of the equipment and uh, uh, investigative tools that we use require licensing. So that is covered under the grant. Very good. And it's been, um, well, I mean, we're only in the 11th day of the year, 12th day? <laughs> 12th day. Yeah, 12th day. Um, but just recently and in the past year, police had a very good year with many successful grants. So kudos to you and your staff for that leadership and bringing um, so many of these opportunities uh, for our operations and for uh, all of these resources to our officers. So that's always a great thing. No, and absolutely, and, and the, the uh, kudos goes to the officers uh, by and large. The majority of them see a need and uh, go out and find these grant opportunities and take the time and effort to submit the application. So their efforts are, are paid in dividends by the grants being awarded. So. Yes, it's very. We have great staff. Um, I, you know, I always um, like to to state that we are out there beating the bushes. And you know, just since we're on the topic of grants, we one of the final things that Marin Council approved yesterday was the final acceptance of an award by the governor's office. So I know we've put that out on social media, and we try and get the word out in other ways, but. Um, that was a huge, huge partnership with the governor's office uh, that impacts our new commercial port of entry project. $8.9 million to go to water and sewer um, infrastructure for the project. And that's uh, to finalize the gap on what we've been planning. And we've been out uh, really entering into partnerships and filing grant applications and working with partners like Cochise County, um, NADBank, we have many um, of the utility providers that are stepping up uh, to provide partnerships and investment out that way in terms of infrastructure. And overall, the, um, the investment just for the infrastructure portion, which means you know getting uh, water, sewer, uh, conduit, electrical power, uh, everything out there so that the project can break ground and get started in terms of construction. Uh, that's a $27 million uh, lift, quite a tall lift. So we've been working for a little over a year now, and the $8.9 million was the last to cover that gap. I mean, it doesn't mean that everything has been committed and finalized, but there are plans underway for every part of that investment. And so that's a big load uh, off of um, our initial um, project concerns and really looking forward to that. And one of some of the things that I uh, shared in my city manager report last night, aside from that great news of the 8.9 million coming from the governor's office 
through the ARPA funds um, was that we also, from uh, the 2023 Federal Omnibus Appropriations Bill, we were also very lucky. We submitted four requests last year under uh, congressional earmarks, is what the traditional term is for those programs, asking uh, different federal agencies for grant funding for different projects in our community. And of the three we were awarded, of the four we were awarded three. Um, so more great news, $2.175 million for uh, port of entry water uh, infrastructure for a new well to bring uh, water to that site. $3 million for Chino Road realignment, phase two. So that project will take Chino Road to line it up with Highway 191. Uh, that's a big, big step toward some of the efficiencies that will come through our second port of entry. And then we have uh, 833,000, just a little over that, for a new SCADA uh, pro, uh, system. So the SCADA system will help monitor our water distribution system in the community, and that's also something very much needed. Uh, the, the request that we didn't quite get through yet, um, and that was the fourth one, was for our downtown and our streetscape project. But we continue to try, and we have um, been working on, on so many other efforts to try and bring some money to uh, revitalize the downtown. So, so far we've had quite a lucky streak and we hope to continue to have that and, and bring more information along in the future. Hopefully that will benefit the downtown. But another thing I mentioned at last night's meeting was that we have um, been made aware uh, that we will likely be getting another 1.5 million for our municipal airport. And that's coming from um, the Arizona State um, Aviation Division. And um, we have shared last year with the community that uh, it, we don't always receive federal funds for the municipal airport because we're not federally designated to uh, receive such funds. Uh, it's something called the NIPIUS designation. Um, couldn't tell you at the moment what the acronym NIPIUS stands for, but. Uh, we've been working for quite some time now to try and change that. And we finally, in the last month, sent our packet to the state um, where we feel uh, we have justification on why we should be considered under what we are referring to as a special circumstance for our historical airport to be um, a recipient of federal funds and as a result, uh, designated as a Nippius Airport. So we're hopeful for uh, sponsorship now from the State Aviation Division of ADOT uh, that will then go to FAA, and um, we'll keep the community posted on how that goes. That's a huge step for us if we do gain that, that designation. We'll be able to, um, to apply for federal funds for um, you know, more of that uh, investment to bring the municipal airport back to you know better operation. So with this 1.5 million, we're hoping to be able to do some um, restoration of that runway. And and to what extent we don't know yet, uh, but we're already working. We were out there yesterday on the runway uh, with some uh, contractors just to try and get uh, some 
ideas of what the cost and what the options are for us. And we'll be working with a consultant and hopefully bring back some better uh, updates in the future. So very exciting times. Uh, the meeting uh, last night wasn't a very long meeting, but uh, we, uh, we were able to address some very important items. And let's see, um, did you gather anything else, Jason, that you would have questions on from last night? No, I was just wondering why the construction for the new port of entry in 2028, why so far out? Why so far out? <laughs> Gosh, if I could tell you in the past year, it just flew by. And what we meet every three weeks with a technical team. And I also had that thought, you know, why do things take that long? But now I realize, you know, that we're now at the point where, you know, there's so many processes that the federal government requires. Environmental impact um, statements are being drafted. There's all kind. the architect is already engaged uh, in a nine month period is what it takes just to get three design concepts back for the uh, GSA to review. There's utility providers, there's engineers involved. Uh, it takes this long for us to be able to go through a cycle of getting funding. So right now, the quickest um, thing that we can look forward to is our 18-month period, which started in December for um, temporary infrastructure to the site so that they can break ground. And so if they break ground 18 months from now, then they have about three and a half years to get the project done. And that, that's about what um, was foreseen initially. We, we thought, you know, if everything was ready at that time where the funding was um, available, then it may have taken a much, you know, um, lesser time. But because we are starting from square one, and we're moving out west where it's undeveloped. We need roads. I mean, ADOT is also working on a connector road, and that's a huge piece of this project. Um, James Ranch Road is, is what we're thinking is going to be that connector road. But until they go through all of their process required, you know, we, um, we just have to give everything its own time. So there's so many hoops to jump through, and we're jumping through them Many one by one. Many moving parts. Many moving parts, absolutely. But it's a, a great thing, you know, other things are coming as a result of that. And um, it's an exciting future. The other, um, I guess I just have announcements at this point, that was really uh, the bulk of the meeting items. We did go into executive session and the mayor at the end of the executive session uh, made an announcement that staff is directed to proceed with uh, the purchase of the Fleet City building and begin uh, some renovations as soon as um, that deal closes. So that's a huge um, success also for our community, more successful once we are able to uh, commit a grocer to come into our town and the east side of town, but that is also moving along. We expect a, a closing date of February 22nd, and um, before then we should have um, an invitation for bid for new grocers to hopefully uh, express interest in coming to the community. So we'll be very proactive in getting packets out uh, on what that would mean, and you know we'll, we'll just take it step by step at that point, but uh, we're hoping for springtime to have some more information on whether how soon something might work out there. 
So now to announcements. Um, we do have um, something I'd like the community to know for tomorrow on, on Friday, we, um, Friday the 13th, <laughs> uh, we will have to close our uh, utility billing um, window here at City Hall. Uh, actually, it's not only for utilities, it's our finance window for revenue. Uh, we take permit um, payments and um, water payments and any type of revenue coming into the city uh, can be paid at that window, but we're going through a system conversion and tomorrow afternoon, beginning at one for the rest of the afternoon, uh, that system needs to go down. So we won't be able to take any payments uh, for the afternoon tomorrow. We are posting that on social media. We'll be going on uh, the radio in the morning on trading post to make sure the community is aware. But just an added um, um, it, uh, announcement here that it'll only be for tomorrow and it'll only be for a few hours in the afternoon. Tuesday we'll be back uh, in business and uh, the windows will be open. Of course, Monday's a holiday, that's why we'll be back on Tuesday. So, just so is it early sure. release for Friday? It's early release now. We're still here. We still need to get that system converted and we have uh, the bulk of the work is now upon uh, staff to get that final step done, but unfortunately it means that the system needs to come down. So. Uh, we do have some save the dates that we announced last night at the council meeting for our Douglas days. Uh, May 12th and 13th for 2023 are the dates for Douglas days, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, we always like to get that hype uh, going with the community and get the community excited uh, to plan for um, booths and you know participation in different ways. Uh, we're very excited for this New Year's um, Douglas Days event because we have descendants of the original James Douglas family that will be holding their reunion here in Douglas. They, they're bringing about 85 members of their family and we will um, make them our dedicatees for the event, so uh, exciting news for that. And I think that's about it for, for this month. You know, we are going to start using this podcast uh, to introduce new things that we feel the community needs to become aware of. Uh, we will come uh, the day after every uh, regular council meeting in this setting, but between those meetings, if we need to come back, uh, we'll, you know, work with KDAP. And again, thank you, Jason, for helping us try and get Talk of the Town back on the air. Uh, we will be looking for sponsorships to help the program because this is a, a public service announcement, uh, so to speak, and uh, working uh, with sponsorships from the community to keep this going uh, for KDAP uh, because they're such a great partner in the community. And uh, reach out to KDAP and see how you can help uh, continue this program and provide sponsorships to them for that as well. Oh, and I'd like to thank our sponsors for the uh, Christmas greetings and New Year's greetings. Oh, yes. Thank you also for that. Um, did that go well? Yes. How many did you have? No, let's not talk <laughs> Thank you nonetheless <laughs> for those. But let's try and get them to, to grow. And KDAP, a very, very key member of our community. And we do have a demographic out there that uh, prefers uh, radio communication. And we're out there trying to increase um, our public engagement 
in different ways. And again, those that prefer uh, to hear podcasts on your um, smartphones will be on Spotify soon as well, uh, if we're not there already, but I'll make sure to get that information out on our websites and in different ways. Anything else, Chief, that you'd like to, to share before we end today's spot? Just one final plug for the police department. Um, a number of months ago, we did change our main non-emergency number calling into the police department um, with a new nine-digit requirement. It's 520-364-2677. If you have trouble remembering that, just remember it's 364-COPS, C-O-P-S, so 2677. Thanks. Very good. All right. Well, I hope you all have a great long weekend. Be safe. And thanks for keeping us safe, Chief. Our pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, Jason.